Welcome to the Revitalize Podcast, a podcast where we have conversations to help you experience emotional, spiritual, and physical wellness as you lead at your church, your business, or in your life. Here are your hosts, Danielle and Kevin. Welcome, everybody, to episode 13 of the Revitalize Podcast. We are your hosts, Kevin and Danielle Presso, and it's great to be back here again. Absolutely. Good to be here and keep the discussions going. Yeah, so in our last episode, we started a new topical series that has been on our hearts for a little bit of time, as we've just been seeing what looks like just more and more and more Christian leaders failing. And it's a heavy topic, we realize that, but there's, um, I think there's a lot of hope in having these conversations. Would you agree with that, Danielle? Yeah, I think like in anything that we've discussed thus far, we never discuss the easy stuff. We discuss the hard stuff, and the hope really does come from um, breaking through the stigma, breaking through the silence even of what's going on behind the scenes. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that when things are hidden, when things are in the darkness, that's where the enemy gets a foothold. So let's bring it out to the light. Absolutely. Yeah. And so one of the things that we, so as we continue in this series, uh, I had shared an article with Danielle, and it was an article written by uh, Kerry Newhoff. So if you're not familiar with him, you can check him out at uh, kerrynewhoff.com. His last name, uh, I'll put it in in the description how you can find it. Uh, He's a Christian leader and author that I I, I read a lot and, and learn a lot from. And he had an interesting blog post a while back about, um, and he entitled it, Evil That Passes for Good in Christian Leadership. Right. And, and just that title, right? Just, oh my goodness. Like, there's just so many things in the Christian leadership world that people will praise us for, that people will search out leaders for, and things like that. And I think a lot of them if we're not careful, lead to the conditions that cause leaders to fall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's really tough to look at a title like that because um, we don't want to look at our churches as being blemished. Of course not. But we know that they are. We know that all of our churches have sin within, Mm -hmm. and uh, all of our leaders have sin within. Exactly. And so we know that, uh, yeah, of course there's evil within the church. Mm -hmm. Of course there's there's evil at work within Christian leadership. But it's just not what we're that what we're super comfortable looking at and talking about. But mm-hmm. I think it's a really important topic. Yeah, and so in his article, and I'll put a link to it in the description as well. Uh, he talks about four, basically four points. And so I just thought it'd be fun, well, fun <laughs> in a difficult topic kind of way, um, for the next four episodes to talk about each one of these. And so the first one that he highlights is what he calls cruel certitude. Certitude, yeah. Certitude. I'll work on my English there. (laughs) Cruel certitude. Now, this one resonates with me a lot. Really? Yeah, well, and not because I would consider myself to be cruel as a a leader, but as Christian leaders, we want to be certain about what we believe in. Right. Right? And as we develop certainty 
in our doctrine, in our methodologies of leadership, our methodologies of ministry, all of these things, what can happen is because we are so certain in what we believe, we have to then begin to defend what we believe. Hmm. And sadly, in that certainty, and he's got a quote in here, and then we'll, we'll, we'll open it up and we'll start talking about this. He says, at your moments of greatest certainty, you have the propensity to be the cruelest, the most demissive, dismissive, ru- dismissive sorry, rude, inhuman, and yes, cruel. Do you agree with that statement? Well, here's the thing. So you and I have been a part of many conversations over the years, and we're actually in some conversations right now, when it comes to Christian doctrine and and the certitude of certain doctrinal positions. And it's a lot of the conversations that I've been a part of over the years can easily turn dismissive, rude, treating the other person as subhuman, as not as spiritual as you, as not, they don't love Jesus as much as you do, they don't know the Bible as good as you do, they must be a heretic, Um, arguments about slippery slope and all of these kind of things to shut people up and try to put people in their place. Um, And it becomes cruel. And, And we're justified in that. And so... I think this is a big one that can creep into so many Christian leaders if we're not careful. So when you talked about you could really relate to this, you're, are you relating to it personally? You can find yourself in this way? Yeah, well, I think I can relate to it, especially when I was a younger leader, a younger pastor, and uh, and I knew everything. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. No, no, you can laugh at me on this one because, yeah, like, it was... You knew everything? I knew everything. Oh, good. And I'm the pastor, right? So that's why I went to seminary, and that's why you pay me to be the pastor of the church, because I know. And, um, and, and you begin to... Well, I was beginning to feel like I had to defend myself constantly. Hmm. Yellers always something new that someone wants you to watch on the internet, another video, another podcaster, another this, another that, and just constantly, constantly having to fight my position, fight why I made my decision, fight why I'm doing ministry this way and not that way, and things like that. And did and it bring a propensity for being cruel? What it was doing in me, and this is going back quite a few years now, probably going back about maybe 12, 13 years it was actually you know, creating in me a dislike towards certain people. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to avoid these people. I don't want to talk to these people. I'm not going to answer these people's email. So it's, there's the dismissive part. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and it's rude. Yeah. Like people in my church that I don't want, I don't want anything to do with them mm-hmm. you know, over this stuff. You know? Because their opinion differed from yours or because... They were trying to convince you. What was it that made you feel that, you know, avoidance? Well, a bit of both. Mm-hmm. There's, well, their opinion was different, 
and they wouldn't listen to my reason. They wouldn't listen to, look, let's actually study the scriptures together. Let's look at the Hebrew. Let's look at the Greek. Let's look at the context. And they're like, nope, nope, I don't care what you say. I don't care what this book says. I don't care what your seminary degree says. This is what I believe. And it's like, ah, you know. <laughs> that used to drive me mental back then, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I don't care what it says. I'm just going to go with my how I feel about it, you know. And so, so there was a bit of that, but mm-hmm. then there was the flip side of it that people who, you know, studied t- a topic, and I, and I just like, I, like I remember years ago, this is going back again, a number of years, someone was just sending me email after email after email about how all Christians should be vegan. Okay. You know, and the clear teachings of the Bible on how all Christians are supposed to be eat, uh, supposed to be vegan, and just sent me, you know pages and pages and pages and it was just like every time I saw their name come up in my email it was just like oh my goodness what am I going to do with this Mm -hmm. you know because it was like you couldn't have a conversation about it and so again being very dismissive being very rude treating people as less than yeah so you say this was a number of years ago yeah so did you personally have like um, a light go on and see what was happening in you or how, like, what changed over all these years? Well, I think... What's different? Personally, what has happened in my own life, uh, and probably some of this came out during my Crest Leadership training that we've talked about before in past episodes as well, mm-hmm. uh, of kind of getting under the hood of why am I reacting this way? Like, why, mm-hmm. you know, and we shared about this when we talked about mental health. <laughs> um, but my need to be accepted accepted mm-hmm. yeah my need to be well viewed as you know like well respected and admired not admired so much but that you know like people untrustworthy and, mm-hmm. and things like that and so all of those things were playing in there so there was a bit of a mental health bat- battle that had to go that had to happen mm-hmm. and and then there was in my own personal spiritual life and this is going back probably about 10 years ago where, and I can't even remember who taught it, I can't remember if it was at a conference or a book I read, I'd have to really kind of go back and dig through some old journals maybe. But when you look at the ministry of Jesus, right, Jesus is the most patient, the most tolerant, and the most loving, you know, to people who believe radically different than him. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, a couple of those words, you said patient, you said tolerant, you said loving. Yeah. So patient, okay, but tolerant and loving, when you look at those two words today in our culture, right? there's an expectation that tolerant and loving means something different than I think what you're describing right. about Jesus. Well, nowadays it means that you affirm a lifestyle or mm-hmm. you affirm a decision. So if you were tolerant, that you will let me do what I do. Mm-hmm. Well... I, I don't believe that's what tolerance actually means. Like I can love my child, but I, but I will never tolerate them walking onto a train track in front of an incoming train. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter how much I love them, you cannot tolerate that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so tolerance, yeah, we've lost a little bit of what that means in our culture today. So that's not what I'm meaning when I say it in this context. Is that Jesus was patient in such a way that that he taught them, and not and not only did he teach them he showed them Mm -hmm. right he modeled what this lifestyle looks like he modeled what this what this difference looks like and he he still was in community with them right 
You know, like he goes to the tax collector's home. You know, people who all radically disagree with them. Mm-hmm. You know, and eats with them and celebrates with them and has wine with them. So much so that the religious people who were treating people, you know. Why does he hang out with sinners? Yeah. Why does he eat with sinners? Exactly. You know, these religious leaders who were the most demissive, that mm-hmm. they were the most rude, treating these tax collectors and sinners as inhuman. Mm-hmm. You know, and being cruel to them, not even helping them repent and turn back to the kingdom of God. Just completely dismissing them, right? So there was this idea there, and um, of when you actually look to the ministry and the life of Jesus, um, yeah, you just I don't see this cruel certainty, which is highlighted in our Christian culture, our, our Christian leadership culture. Today. I don't see today. Yeah, I don't see that in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, in fact, I mean, <laughs> so much so that when he was <laughs> so right and mm-hmm. he was being accused of so wrong, yeah, and you know, like, and and there's the whole um, uh, Peter was it cutting off the soldier's ear? That's right. When he's being brought to the cross, and Jesus is like, "No, let's just heal that ear." Exactly. You know? And it's yeah. like that humility. Yeah. He is so right. Yeah. He is so full of love, so full of grace, <laughs> so full of mercy, so full of, you know, not standing up for his rights mm-hmm. and standing up for what is right. Yeah. He's going to the cross. Right. And he's saying, let's not do any damage to them as they're, you know, well, doing all that they're doing to me. This is the whole thing, right? And I'm not necessarily believing Jesus is calling everyone to be a pacifist, but there is this loving your enemy. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, and here's the, here's the crazy thing about this, right? Jesus is the only human being, fully God and fully man, mm-hmm. the only human being that's ever walked this earth whose doctrine is perfect. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> he's God. Right? Right. All the rest of us. Have to ha- have to come at, at, at have everything. A, have a gap. With a, a level of humility and open-handedness. We have to approach every single theological position that we hold as leaders. Not, I don't want to say open-handedly, like, like they don't matter, but we have to be so cautious. Mm-hmm. To take this posture of I'm right and you're wrong. Mm-hmm. When all of us have got gaps. All of us have changed our minds on some things mm-hmm. over the years. I actually just finished writing my sermon for this coming Sunday. Where I used to be a premillennialist. <laughs> I'm not anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm, I, I've changed camps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not because culture told me to. Because my study of the scriptures and my understanding of the word of God changes and even the changing of one's mind takes humility it takes a whole lot of humility because you may have preached a sermon before (laughs) yeah so i'm gonna have to go through all my old sermons and uh, delete all the old ones or something (laughs) no but it's a matter of you know like it's 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 okay to come and say i once thought this but now i actually think this as i've studied the scriptures more and more right yeah and that in and of itself takes humility Absolutely. And, and I think the reason why this cr- cruel certainty can take leaders out is because we celebrate this as Christians. 
yeah, there's, in our there's culture a today. Whole, there is a Christian subculture. There's a whole group of people that will back the firm word. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's like we just want pastors and Christians that defend the truth and that will stand up for the truth. And 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 anger attracts. Mm. Right? Anger attracts. Well, passion attracts. Passion attracts. But anger is passionate. Sure. Right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, if you're going to get angry about something and you got all that passionate about it, you're going to get yeah. a crowd. If you want to start making money on YouTube really quickly, make a YouTube channel where you're angry about something. That's that's the culture we Thanks live in today. Thank you for your recommendation, yeah. Pastor Kim. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> but, <I'm just laughs> but that's the culture that we live in today. Right. The algorithms of social media favor this mm-hmm. like I can make a cute little YouTube video about Star Wars and get no views and then I can go on and blast Disney Star Wars and my viewership instantly triples mm-hmm. so that's but why I, you're a Star Wars hater no, I'm not a hater <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying that, that this is kind of the culture that we live in and, mm-hmm. and we sadly as Christians we are celebrating this mm. we, are, we are highlighting Kind of the, the, these leaders with the, have this certitude, like this massive certitude about their position on whatever, on, on, on the millennium, you know, on, on whatever, on women in ministry, on how many songs you should sing on a Sunday morning. What like, types of songs? What you types should sing of songs? On a you know, should you be singing Bethel and Hillsong, or should you be scrapping all of that music? Like we just have all of these things that we're so divided on and um and we highlight these these leaders um who if are coming across as cruel do you in think their approach do you think that's a general statement like do you think that's it's it's i i am generalizing so so let's go back to i'll share a personal example with this so with with the pandemic you know, so that we've, you know, we've gone through, and here in our country in Canada, like we went through a long season of lockdowns. Mm-hmm. And, and we saw that, I mean, there was a lot of tension with that, right? And, and a lot of people felt, you know, our, our religious liberties were being taken away and things like that. And so, again, and that's, you know, I respect your decision for, for believing that. Um, but then they started to push back. Then they started to fight back against government. You know, mm-hmm. and pushing back against the lockdowns. And, and the pushback was not done in such a way, I feel, that actually reflected the, the, the character of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But the character of Jesus was he went to the cross and died for his enemies, right? Like he went to the cross and died, and while he was hanging there bleeding to death and suffocating to death, he said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right, so... And I'm not saying this should have been the response of every pastor and every Christian leader during the pandemic, during the lockdowns. But was our posture a posture of, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing? Right, I hope so. I know, but a lot of leaders took a posture of, why should I listen to you? And began to publicly mock our government. Mm-hmm. Like publicly mocking them, publicly mocking decisions that they were making as leaders. And not just on the pandemic, but on lots of issues. Right. And, and, and suddenly I think as soon as we did that, we were no longer reflecting the character of Jesus as Christian leaders. We were reflecting the world. Mm-hmm. And suddenly people, Christians started flocking to that. Like I had not a lot, but a few who wanted me to be a part of that movement. 
who who said, well, I need to go on. I need to get on board with those leaders. I need to be in the same camp as those leaders because those are going to be the leaders that are going to win this for us. Mm-hmm. And and then again, as I studied the scriptures, and it's like, well, a lot of the character and a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing coming out of this is actually against the teachings of scripture of what Christian leadership is supposed to look like. Right. It's like in the qualifications of an elder that Paul gives to Timothy, one of the criteria is that that you as a Christian leader, you as an elder, need to be thought of well by outsiders. Mm -hmm. So if you're mocking the government publicly and calling them names and mocking them for the decisions that they're making publicly, well, what do outsiders, non-Christians, think of you when you're doing that? Right. But then there's also the scripture that talks about, you know, obeying the government and right. and praying for your government. Right. So so that's just a, kind of a long example on we are certain in our belief. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being certain mm-hmm. in your belief. You need to be. You know, but I, I still think you need to hold it with a little bit of humility because you might change your mind in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And you might, be, you might be wrong. <laughs> and you might be wrong. Like, you know, again, go back to the millennium, the pre-millennium or the post-millennium or the a-millennium or the pan-millennium, that it all pans out in the end. <laughs> you, you, you don't punch people in the throat over these positions. Right. But we do. And, and and churches are built on this and hinge on these positions that we take. Mm-hmm. And then I think this is the reason why I believe that this can cause leaders to fall. Because I actually believe if I wouldn't have let God do some work in my heart on this issue, I was becoming a very, very angry pastor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, during the pandemic. Oh, well, during the pandemic, but even years ago before the pandemic, in, like, not wanting to deal with people, not wanting to talk to people, mm, not wanting to mm-hmm. hear from certain people. Yeah. I was becoming a very, very angry pastor. And I was wearing it like a badge of honor. But what would be... How? How? Okay, that's a really great question, then. Yeah. To wear that as a badge of honor. Yeah. How does that even, like... Well, because we highlight angry pastors, right? We we look at the Mark Driscoll's and the James McDonald's um, you know, these driven, driven leaders who put people in their place, you know, and who stand up for the truth of God's word. Like, we highlight these leaders. Like, I mean, that's the whole, like, when we went through the rise and fall of Mars Hill, mm-hmm. went through that podcast, phenomenal podcast if you've never listened to it, right? And everyone's drawn to it because it looks so right. But the shrapnel of leaders like that is huge. But how does it even look so right? It, because you're defending the word of God, mm-hmm. you're defending the word of God, right? And and you're strong in your conviction. You're you, you have a certitude about what you believe in on a certain doctrine, mm-hmm. right? And other people who have that same belief as you do will be drawn to that. Mm-hmm. So right? you were saying you wore you wore that like a badge of honor, that yeah. kind of angry. Well, because if. I'm like these other pastors then, mm-hmm. right? Like if they're getting all the book deals and getting all the conferences and they're the men that are being admired by our, you know, Western Christian culture, then I'm in that, I'm in good company, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And then, but then again, I just went on this journey going, but I may not be on, I might not be in Jesus's company. <laughs> right. <laughs> With, again, not in my belief of what the doctrine teaches or what the scripture teaches. But in the method of how it's preached? 
of how I'm defending it. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, we've talked about this many, many times. Years and years ago, I went to a Bible study in Orlando, Florida, put on by Patrick Morley. Uh, he's the author who wrote The Man in the Mirror several years ago. Mm-hmm. And went to his Bible study, and he taught a message. Don't even, don't even, don't even remember what it was on. I don't remember what it was on. But his big idea of that message was, even if you're right, you're wrong if you're not humble. Mm-hmm. Even if you're right, you're wrong if you're not humble. Yeah, and that big idea has stuck with me for like 18 years. Like, I learned that even before I was a pastor. Like mm-hmm. I, I went to that Bible study when I was still going to Disney World for IBM conferences right. as a computer consultant. And I heard those words 18 years ago, and that stuck. Like, that mm-hmm. dug deep in there. Even if you're right, you're wrong. If you're not humble. And I think that has stuck with you all these years. And even like you talked about going down that path of anger and wearing it with a badge of honor. Right. I don't think it went too, 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 too deep and too far. It didn't go far. Thankfully. Thankfully. But that statement, I think, has sat with you all these years. And so... Thank God for Patrick Morley all those years ago and the, well, and the, you know, mentorship that you felt that he had with you. Yeah. And how, how impactful that was. Right. Yeah. He really planted a very important seed mm-hmm. into my life with that, uh, with that big idea and that message that he gave that, at that Bible study. Um, and, and I think again, and that's what we need as leaders. Yeah. Like who speaks into us to make sure that we're not in our certitude of our belief that we're not holding this close-fisted. Close and using the fist on each other. And punching other people who think differently than we do. Mm-hmm. Right? Punching other churches, punching other pastors, punching other denominations. Yeah. On an issue, because I think eventually that will become your character. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually you'll fall. And there is there is disagreement. Sure. And healthy, healthy disagreement. Dis- Absolutely. There's, there's a way. Yeah. <laughs> I know in our society today we think that if we disagree, yeah. you got to punch each other in the throat. Right. On TikTok. Or, yeah. Not TikTok, but on Twitter. Twitter. Oh, yeah. Twitter's the worst for that. <laughs> you know? Like in our culture today and in the Christian world too. Yeah. There's this sense that that's what's got to happen. Yeah. But there is healthy dialogue even in disagreement where there can still be... Unity. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? <sighs> One of these days, I, I, I have this as like a project that I need to work on, is um, is what are kind of the, the main things of the Christian faith that are the main things? Like these, like these, you cannot waver on, like this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You know, like that there's only one God, creator of heaven and, and of earth. That he has been fully revealed uh, through Christ, that that we can know him, you know, that the Bible is inherent, inerrant, and, and gives us instructions to to get to know who God is and God's plan for humanity. Like certain things, you know, that Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead. That there's only one way to God the Father, and it's through our, the repentance of our sin because of that free sacrifice that Jesus did by dying for our sin. Like I'd love to just put together. Here are the six big things of the Christian faith, and that's and I'm sure it exists out yeah. there. So yeah. yeah, send it to me if you've got it already. <laughs> Save me hours of research. And everything else is open-handed. Mm-hmm. Everything else. Your view, are, are you a seven-day creationist? Or do you believe it was ages? Are you a you know, theistic evolutionist that believed that God worked through evolution? Are you 
pre-mill, post-mill, a-mill? Do you believe that women can be pastors? Do you believe, you know, in the spiritual gifts, fully functional in the life of the church today? Like, all of these other things Mm -hmm. that we treat each other poorly over and we hurt one another on, we've got to learn to hold those looser. Yeah. Like again, in, in Carrie Newhouse's article, it says he says this in his quote. It says everything is a faith system, and no one can be one hundred percent certain about everything, or it would not require faith. Right, and he talks right. about even atheists and even um, atheism is a faith. Right, because you have to actually have the um, and agnostic, agnostics. You have to have a, a faith of something. Yeah, and exactly. It doesn't have to be a, a something, but you have to believe that's right. what you believe, yeah. and so that it's takes a, faith. It's a faith system, mm-hmm. right? And so it continues, it says, you know, God, it seems, actually requires trust from his creation, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so knowing that, that I can believe this doctrine, like, and like to 99% certainty that I'm right on this, but there's always that 1% mm. that I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. And what that does for me personally is it guards my heart. Yeah. Against um, treating someone else cruelly. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think the thing that we've lost in our culture and even in our Christian culture today mm-hmm. is not having an agenda and actually coming, at, coming to somebody yeah. with questions. Sure. Rather than coming at somebody with lecturing what my opinion is right you know like remember the time when you know you could just ask questions and be like hey what do you think about such and such right and to answer wow that's really interesting i hadn't thought about it from that point of view (laughs) like this is my opinion yeah and this is how i see it isn't it interesting that we see it differently what are some of the similarities and what are some of the differences wow that's really cool exactly (laughs) and that's the definition of tolerance right is that we don't agree but we can actually respect one another mm-hmm. in the disagreement. That we can actually treat each other, right, as image bearers of God. Mm-hmm. As that, that you have value because you're a human being and you have incredible value in this world, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not going to call you an idiot, a, you know, a moron, call you a whole bunch of names because we disagree on something. And I've found you can go even deeper, uh-huh. even if you disagree. Yeah. And you can ask, you know, something along the lines of, you know, wow, I've never had that thought before I've never thought of it from that perspective mm-hmm. help me to understand right like I really can't see it from your perspective right now but I'd love to understand your perspective right yeah imagine people don't talk like that anymore no see and that for me is a great reflection of unity mm-hmm. like that's what unity is if you want to see more unity just learn to have conversations with people who are different mm-hmm and ask probing questions and take real genuine interest mm-hmm. in someone's opinion. Right. You don't have to agree with it. You don't even have to affirm their opinion. No. And that's what we've lost as well, is that when people have conversations, well, yeah. they feel like if we talk about this and I don't set this other person straight, yeah. then they're going to think I'm affirming of their opinion. Exactly. How do we handle that one? <laughs> you let me know. <laughs> when you figure that out, you let me know. Because uh, it seems like these days I'm in a lot of those types of conversations again as a leader because 
this is what's where we're at. Right. Right. And again, because there's this draw to this leader that's firm. Like, for years I've always joked about, kind of again, in the tribe that we kind of run in, like in more of a reformed theology, it's kind of the circles we run in, we've seen this rise of leaders, and we jokingly, sadly, we're calling them young, angry, and reformed. And those three things just seem to go together. Young, angry, reformed men, pastors. And, and we're just, and we're watching them go into their ministry, go into these churches, and then they're gone. Like what they, do you mean they're, they're gone? They're fizzled out. They get, they get fired, they get let go, they quit, they, they leave ministry because, uh, the, the, their character can't sustain the work that ministry requires, right? And, and if, if, Anger becomes a key part of your character. Yeah, you're in trouble as a leader. You're going to fall. You're going Absolutely. to fall. You're going to fall. I mean, the Bible's very clear about not letting the sun go down on your anger. Well, if it's it. a big part of your character in your ministry, yeah, um, you're in hmm. trouble. Yeah, you're in it's trouble. Cool. Like, yeah, I mean, I talk to people all the time talking about righteous anger. Well, I have the righteous anger to be angry at people who disagree with me. And again, again, like you just said, I could justify that position from Scripture. Sure, you're allowed to be angry about that, you know, righteous anger. But you need to then deal with that by the end of the day. And isn't you need it, to isn't talk it right to there in Scripture, too, that talks about um, the de- lest the devil get a foothold? Absolutely, because Isn't it yeah, right there? it's right there. Yeah. And because our spiritual enemy, he's prowling like a lion, mm-hmm. and he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And our anger, our undealt with anger, will cause you as a pastor, you as a pastor's wife, you as an elder, you as a small group leader, you as, you know, <laughs> will cause you to fall. Surefire way to let the devil get a foothold. Absolutely. Hang on to that anger. Hang on to that anger. Because again, if Jesus is not just our Lord and Savior, but he's also our example for Christian living, how long do you see Jesus hanging on to anger for? Well, once he gets the strap out and deals with it. And flips over a couple of tables. But it's a day. Like it's, you know, cursing the fig tree. It's a day. (laughs) You don't see this bitterness that's hanging on and growing in him. Right. So, so that's why this topic really, really resonated with me. So, so what would you recommend, Danielle? So, if someone is struggling with having to fight on everything that they believe in, what would you mm. recommend to to a leader that that might be struggling with that? Well, um, a few things. One, I think uh, journal and prayer. Journal and prayer? Yeah, I think that when there's stuff that's being hung on to, I think that that just needs to get... It, it, I mean, I'm not in, I'm not on the side of, you know, like, push it down, don't, you know, don't <laughs> let it be there. No, right. you have to express it. Right. You have to express it. Yep. And then you have to give it over to God. Right. Like, so, yeah, it might need counseling. It might need talking to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, but certainly... Ex- expressing that anger having the having the acknowledgement to say whoa something's not right here right because i think what gets stuck is that mindset of i am right and why can't everybody see it sure and so acknowledging (laughs) yeah acknowledging something is not right Mm -hmm. this is not the mind and heart of jesus here right 
and so I need to I need to not work on not being angry. I right. need to work on what's going on in, on the inside here. Yep. Work it through with the Lord. Work it through in your journal. Work it through mm-hmm. with people, maybe counselor, whoever. Yeah. But it's got to get dealt with. Okay. Well, what do you think? Um, I would agree because that's kind of what I did. Mm. <laughs> Personally, was you know a lot of prayer, a lot of journaling, a lot of. Again, I'm going to go to the scriptures not to prove my answer, mm-hmm. but to get to know Jesus more. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what Jesus said, right? If you want to know the Father, look to me, right? Yeah. If, you know, you've seen me, you've seen the Father, mm-hmm. the direct words of Jesus. If you want to understand the heart of God mm-hmm. on anything you're dealing with, I'm a big believer and just go back and study the life and ministry of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's there. Yeah. If you want to see the heart of God, it's like, yes, God likes sound doctrine, and the Bible tells us to have sound doctrine. But not at the expense of um, us disqualifying ourselves from ministry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we're no longer following the clear teachings of the Bible in qualifications of an elder. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So The other thing I think I would suggest is um, if you're married, mm-hmm. uh, really listen to your spouse. Yep. Because sometimes your spouse can see what's going on and that something, something's not quite right. Yeah. Um, more than we ourselves can. For sure. So, yeah, if you're if you're looking in the mirror and going, is this me? Mm-hmm. Maybe have a, a real open conversation with your spouse and ask ask them, do you see this in me? Do you see that anger is mm-hmm. taking over? That I'm, you know, showing cruelty or or dismissing people or whatever else because I'm so right in my in yeah. my theology. Yeah. So did you notice that in me? Well, um, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say no. It's like, oh, I got away with it. No, <laughs> no I, I think I, I always notice when something's not right in you. Yeah. I might not, as I'm sure you notice when something's not right in me. Mm-hmm. And so whether I can pinpoint exactly what's going on or not, right. it, I think, I think when people are close to each other mm-hmm. and as husband and wife typically are right. you can see something that's not going that's not quite right with your spouse right mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay so journal prayer maybe some counseling a mentor your your spouse mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. i mean the other thing i would definitely say is as god um as god shows you and reveals what's going on on the inside you need to, um, I call it, keep your list short. Yeah. So as you see what's going on underneath it all, where's the sin? Repent. Confess and repent of it. Mm-hmm. Completely turn from it. You know, God forgives you. Where's the unforgiveness? Yeah. Forgive. Mm-hmm. Not just from your mind. I've heard many years uh, with Christian leaders talking about, you know, you just have to do it with your will. But your heart needs to be in it, too. Absolutely. I've come to realize we can easily forgive with the mind, but not forgive with the heart. Yeah. And so we have to bring our heart there, too. And the only way to do that is to express it, see mm-hmm. what's there. Right. Bring it to God and then um, forgive, even from the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and where there's been wrong thinking, even to renounce that wrong thinking. Yeah. 
because those are the ways that you're going to you're going to keep your lists short mm-hmm. and where the devil lest <laughs> lest he get a foothold you don't want him to get a foothold in these areas right you want him <laughs> any way that we can be free from the harassment of the devil and mm-hmm. from the influence of the devil yeah praise jesus let's do it and let's do it quickly yeah that's awesome. Any think, other thoughts you have? No, I think those cover it. Uh, I think those are some great steps to take. Uh, I, and again, because I really feel, because I don't know if it's just the season of ministry in as I've gotten a little older, and so suddenly now I find myself in more conversations either with younger leaders or denominational leaders, and just the tables and the, the crowds that I'm running with, there's tough things that we are talking about as Christians in this messy world that we live in. And it's easy. It's becoming easier to just be angry and lock our heels in the ground and not budge and just start treating people cruelly. And I think if we do that, you're, 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 you're not going to last. You're not going to last in ministry and you're not going to bear any fruit. Well, and that's the interesting part, right, is that you know, we see with leaders that have fallen that yeah. there seems to be fruit that's been yeah it that will come yeah, but it's the lasting fruit that it we're does, looking it's for. It's fruit that will last, mm-hmm. right? It's when Jesus wants us to, you know, He's going to prune, He's going to work on us, He's going to so that we bear fruit thirty, fifty, a hundred times more than yeah. what was sown, mm-hmm. and it's fruit that will last. Yeah, you know, so I think that that's what our hearts, my heart's desire. I know that's your heart's desire mm-hmm. for our listeners, and for the people that uh, we do life with in ministry. So, um, yeah, so if again, if this resonates with you in any way, I would encourage you to just go back over that list that Danielle said, journal, prayer, a mentor, talk to your spouse, and and, account, and maybe seek some counseling as well. And then lastly, and then, keep, and your then, list and short. keep your list short. Repent, forgive, ask for forgiveness <laughs> wherever you can. And... Um, and that way you're you're working not just on your doctrine and on your theology and what you believe, but you're working on your character mm-hmm, your own with heart. all of those things as well. And I think that's crucial. Mm-hmm. Well, well, thank you, Danielle, for this conversation today. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not an easy topic, but I think it's an important one for, sure. for all of us. And so we will continue this in our next episode. We're going to continue... For another three, four weeks, or three, four episodes on this topic of when leaders fall. And then we're going to get back into, I've got a few more guests lined up, so i got to confirm some times to get them onto the podcast. And uh, we know you'll be really blessed when you hear those stories when we get back to that. So with that said, God bless you, everybody. Yeah, God bless you. Until the next episode, we'll talk to you then. You've been listening to the Revitalized Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you found this content helpful, please consider subscribing, sharing on social media, and leaving a review. This helps us to help even more people. Join us next time for more insights on emotional, spiritual, and physical wellness in your leadership.